0: I think it's already recording, so we'll go get and uh, get into this. Uh, hi, this is uh, Kevin Carter, uh, co-host of one part of the Balls in Our Court podcast. Uh, figured I'd get on the night. Uh, been a little hyped up over this past weekend and this past week. A uh, little football action going on around uh, my part of the country. Uh, we're actually in the playoffs and I'm joined by a good friend of mine, uh, Chris Walker. Uh, Chris, there's a little something going on around town. I don't know if people know where we're from. We're from Jacksonville, Florida. There's just this little thing going around that, uh, the Jaguars actually made the playoffs this year. Yeah, it's incredible, man. We're not talking draft at this time of the year. I know we're not talking draft. We're not firing a crazy coach that was grabbing on a girl's butt in, uh, in Ohio after a game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we're not talking about replacing a quarterback. quarterback. We're not talking about free agency. We're actually talking playoffs. And I wish I had the Jim Moore cut right now that I could put in here. And that would, that would be a little fun right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, playoffs playoffs, but, uh, so, uh, I know you watched the game as well as I was there uh, Saturday night. Uh, what was your impressions just from watching the game, uh, the crowd, the way the team played? Uh, just what was your impressions? Uh, I saw several
1: tweets about the intensity of the crowd, saw a lot of players talking about it. But I'm going to be honest with you, that is not turned up the 10, Jaguar fans. It, uh, what do you think?
0: I thought it was – it was, and I've been going since nineteen ninety five I thought it was one of the best and one of the most loudest crowds since the early days since in the ninety nine season as that's as far as I can go back. I know the closest thing to it that was here recently was the Seattle game and that uh and the uh, Buffalo Bills playoff game in two thousand and seventeen. But yeah, it was it was electric. I may not have been
1: to as many games as you have, but I was at that Buffalo game, and that's not the loudest game I've heard, but it was a tense
0: one. Yeah. This was, this was the just on the fumble recovery at the end of the game, the octave level going up three different levels was crazy. Like I've been to louder games, not in Jacksonville, but in, Like I go to a lot of Gator games and of course they've been louder than there, but that, that was, that was crazy. And it, what, what got me about the game was there was people there before the kickoff before the player introductions. And it was almost packed before the end never have a game. And the place was already packed like before they even done the kickoff Usually it's stragglers coming in, and the only people that are there are the opposing team fans. <laughs>
1: well, that's prime time, but that but you're right. That prime time has an effect on that.
0: Yeah, it was it was prime. I think a big, I think a big one, a big effect with this was not only was it for the AFC South Championship, but it was against the team that we literally hate, like. No the, all of us passionate Jaguar fans, we hate Tennessee like beyond any other team, anything else you're going to ask us who's our least favorite team in the league. And we're going to tell you the Titans it's, it's automatic, but that it it was crazy. I thoroughly enjoyed the game. Uh, Hugging random people, random strangers, people that are sitting next to you, high fiving people in the suites, giving you popcorn because I was sitting so close to the suites. They were just handing me stuff over the over the counter. It was it was it was a crazy game, man. I, en- I enjoyed it so much. All right. I
1: want to ask you then. OK, so I was at the Buffalo game, so it didn't have the playoff atmosphere it was kind of close. And maybe the Titans game had a little rivalry atmosphere that the Bills game didn't have. But they kind of went the same way in terms of script. Very tense game, big play at the end. Like, I still remember Jalen Ramsey dunking the football over the goalpost in that Bills Mm -hmm. game. And the Josh Allen play was very similar. I have to think that the crowd intensity that you felt was very similar, too. Uh,
0: the crowd intensity was it was similar to that one. It's just the Bills game. There was a ton of Bills fans there. Like that playoff game, there was a bunch of Bills fans because we know Bills fans travel, yep. and there was there was a lot of them. That got there was hardly any Tennessee fans there. Like it was, it was maybe, maybe two thousand, maybe two thousand Tennessee fans there, and it was, and mostly it was, and people are going to think I'm. Bad saying this. Uh, mostly, it was it was Derek Henry, Henry's family, and then the <laughs> rest, and then the rest. So, uh, so it, it was it was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was they all probably shared uh, the same. It was it was it was more Jaguar than that playoff game was if if that makes any sense because you still had that buffalo bill crowd that was there and they were there 20,000 30,000 strong where this was 70,000 and it was the... and it was and you could feel it you could feel that we were all nervous and then as soon as as soon as Ray Sean hit the dude the crowd just went absolutely insane. And that's when the octave levels went up four times. They went up on the hit, it went up on the scoop, and then it went up on the score.
1: <laughs> right. And I it may have even been a little subdued even at that because everybody's looking around for the riffs.
0: Oh, yeah. No, we're looking around. We're looking around going, okay, did he really fumble? And then we were like, okay, did he make sure? Because not everybody was sure that it was a fumble. I turned around and looked at the suite since I was so close and i freaked out i was like i just watched it again it's a fumble we're good let's go
1: <laughs> well would you like to get into the Chargers jaguars game
0: heck yeah let's let's go ahead and dive into this uh we played we played the Chargers already before way way back in week three or four we uh three. we took on the chargers yeah when uh justin herbert uh Bruised his ribs the game before. We didn't even know if he was going to play. Um, Airs were out. Um, I think Bosa got banged up actually in the game. So, yep. and, but actually, the you know, Jaguars beat right? yeah the ja- the Jaguars beat them handedly, like yeah. beat them like a drum handedly. And well, I, sort you of. Can't,
1: it was it was sixteen ten at one point in the third quarter, and then the Jags just reeled off twenty two points.
0: Yeah, that, and that's where and that's where Trevor had his one of his uh, best games of the season, the three touchdown game, and that's yeah. when our buddy Dino was back on the, uh, the Trevor Lawrence train, and then he hopped back yeah. off yeah. of it. And then he hopped back on, and then he hopped back off for about four or five weeks in a row and called him garbage, and then he hopped yep. back on again towards the end, which I told him you're not allowed to hop back on so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. so uh, what are your thoughts? I, I My initial thought is, boy it's it's pretty convenient that a West Coast team has to come to Jacksonville on a short week
0: I found it I found it crazy that the NFL put it on Saturday when yeah. my initial thought was it's going to be either, it's going to be either the early game or the middle game on Saturday. I mean, on Sunday, or they might even push us to Monday night. I think we were the Monday night front runner until Seattle got in. Yeah, And then when, when Seattle got in that automatically made, okay, we can put, cause they were wanting to put, I think it was, the rumor was that they were going to put Dallas and Tampa on this, on this one of the Saturday spots. But then once Seattle got busted onto it, they were like, okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to put Jacksonville and, and uh, I almost called them San Diego and Los Angeles in the, uh, in the primetime spot. So they can really, it's, you got one game to where you're going to have the old guys on on Monday night, but this one, they wanted to, uh, present their two up and coming young quarterbacks for everybody to see in prime time. Yeah.
1: I think, you know, that that's why. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Of course, everybody, you want to see, you want to see the two new guys coming up and everybody's like, well, which one would you rather have Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence and somebody, uh, I'm not going to put them both in these categories yet, but the guy was like, okay, who would you rather have, uh, Peyton Manning or Ben Roethlisberger? Because that's who these two guys have been compared to coming up throughout the thing. Uh, Herbert with his size and everything has been compared to Big Ben and his arm strength. And, of course, Trevor being the chosen one, uh, the, uh, the generational talent, as they called him when he was coming out, Of course, they compare him to Peyton, but I see neither one of them as one of those guys because they bring just a totally different set of skills that both of those guys.
1: Well, now, okay, the Chargers played the Jaguars in week three and they were banged up. Well, guess what happened in week 18? They had a meaningless game and Brandon Staley played both probably their two most injury prone players. Mike Williams and Joey Bosa, and both got hurt.
0: So stupid. So stupid. You were playing for absolutely, positively nothing. And you put those guys out there, knowing you're about to go into the playoffs, and you put those, you you risk, especially Mike Williams. Mike Williams, throughout the whole year, has been dealing with stuff. Something has been going on with that guy all year long, I would have been like, look, you in bubble wrap. And you can sit right over there and do not move. I would have sat him. I would have sat Austin Eckler. I would have sat Bosa and I would have set the quarterback and said, none of y'all are playing at all. Everybody else and Keenan Allen, everybody else y'all can go out there and have fun, but none of you guys are playing, but I don't know what he wanted to do. If he wanted to make sure they wasn't rusty going into the playoffs or something like that, or because, played a lot during this or they haven't played some during the season that he was trying to get them back in yeah yeah, yeah. they're coming they in a little game. wounded again. yeah yeah they, no doubt. yeah they got in the groove of going back in the injuries again <laughs> that's right that's their groove all
1: right so before i get into like a, the spread that they got going on in vegas and and any predictions any other storylines you want to cover on this game not really
0: um the really only storyline is both of the, both of these young quarterbacks coming into their first playoff game. Like this is, this is the first playoff, uh, for either one of these quarterbacks. One guy first Herbert, in the yeah. league a few years, a uh, couple years more than Trevor has. Trevor is coming in, coming off of that season. The, 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 he who shall not be named season as I call it for the Jaguars, uh, last year, um, Really, it's just to these guys to be in the spot that they're in. Just one year buckle that we had last year is a tip of the hat to Doug Peterson and the job that him and the coaching staff has done, and the the way that he has gotten he has done he's done a lot with lesser talent than a lot of other teams have. Yep, all because he's got that guy that can run his show it it goes to show you uh, if you got a good quarterback you're going to be successful in this league and And finally jacksonville has a good quarterback and we're going to be good in this league for for a pretty good amount of time
1: is it a, a stretch to say that justin herbert and trevor lawrence are the top two quarterbacks of the last four draft classes
0: no, oh, no, without, without a shadow of the doubt. Well, you've got, uh, you've got, um, what's it hurts uh, from, from the Philadelphia. You, you got him. He's, he's going to be one of the tops, but yeah, these, these guys, this young group of these young group of quarterbacks that we've had come out over the past three or four years, make the future of the NFL look bright. Like, it's it's big time. Just look at the AFC alone. You've got the oldest guy is Patrick Mahomes, and he's 27. Right. Like, the, the oldest quarterback you've got coming out of the AFC is 27 years old. We're over in the NFC, you've got 439-year-old Tom Brady and then all these older quarterbacks. But the AFC has such the afc has the future of the nfl already there with all these young quarterbacks that they've got when you look at lamar and 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 josh allen and patrick mahomes and trevor and justin and it it it's the afc is going to be a tough road and joe burrow can't forget joe burrow he's he's one of those it's just one side of the thing is stacked as far as quarterbacks, quarterback wise goes.
1: Yep. Totally agree. All right. So the spread, we've got the chargers at minus 1.5. So the chargers, uh, so the
0: Jaguars are getting points. Yeah. Which is weird, which is weird because the home team automatically gets three points. Yeah. So you're saying, you're saying the chargers are four and a half points better than the Jaguars. I think it's dead even. I think Hickam game, both teams are eerily similar to each other with the way they go about stuff. Both teams are right there. We have a better run defense than the Chargers do. The Chargers give up 130-something, 140-something yards on the ground, which is where the Jaguars are going to have to attack, which – is out of Doug Peterson's, you know, his wheelhouse, because Doug's wheelhouse is, I'm going to throw a ball all the way around the yard. And then we'll hit you with something in the in the run game when we can. But I'm gonna throw the ball around. Does he go off of does he go off script, sort of speak, and hit him with the run game early and often? Like he did do in the week three matchup. Mind you, it was James Robinson that was doing most of the heavy lifting for that game damn, it's been that long ago that James Robinson was still on the Jaguars when that game happened. And he had over a hundred and something yards against the the Chargers as well because he broke off that one big run. But it, is he going to switch up his, his guns? Go off it? We, we just don't know. But this game is, to me, this game's dead even. And I'm like... So, uh, <laughs> PFF who I think it's fair
1: to say both of us disagree a lot with pff
0: um, oh yeah 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 you you can you could say i do not like pff uh, pff yeah uh, uh. yeah i <laughs> Disag- think I, I agree with you disagree I, I been- disagree is a, uh, disagree is a small word i'm going with a bigger word i don't like pff at all i think some of them people when they when they start doing some of the stuff i'm like did y'all even watch the game
1: <laughs> all right well on football night in america PFF said that this was a coin flip, a 50-50 shot in terms of win probability. Does it bother you that PFF agrees with you or what?
0: No, because you could be a knucklehead and see this game is the most 50-50 game of the whole weekend. This game, this one, this one right here is the one where you go, okay, you could see both teams winning it. Either way, as it goes along, like some of these other games, you you know, one team is going to beat the crap out of the other team. It's not there's no 50 50 about it. This one is the one where you're like, OK, I don't know who's going to win. Right. All
1: right. So we talked about the spread. Do you think this is going to be a shootout? Because with the implied totals, it's got the Chargers somewhere around 24 points and the Jaguars somewhere around 22,
0: 23, uh, could it be higher or lower? I think think it's – I don't think Jaguars are going to score as many points as they did on them the first time. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a lower – I think it's in the 20s, but I think it's in the low 20s because I think what we've seen the Jaguars do a lot is they'll score, but then they do that one long – methodical 12, 13 play drive that takes like seven or eight minutes. And then that's where they wear you down. And that's when they bust people. And we've seen it over this five game stretch over their five game winning streak. We've seen where they done that, where they, they would, they would just roll you down with that long drive and it's pass base and it still takes forever. Even with that, pass base offense that, that that Doug is running, they still won't go those long 12, 13 play drives that take seven or eight minutes. I see the Jaguars trying to take trying to take some air out of the ball as far as not giving it back to the Chargers, because the Chargers, we know all they want to do is go and throw the ball up and down the field because that's what they do especially with Justin Herbert now healthy and depending on the health of Mike Williams, they, they got the Keenan Allen bat. And the guy that I'm most worried about it, uh, on that charger team and Austin Eckler, because I know how we are with guarding backs and guarding tight ends. So those are, yeah, those are the guys that get on always scared the shit out of me when I'm at a Jaguar game is when you're throwing the ball, the tight end and the running backs always give us fits and, those are the guys that those are the guys I'm kind of focusing on, but I see him trying to take the air out of the out of the ball a little bit and go on some of those grinding grinding uh, drives like we had been doing.
1: Yeah, we didn't see a lot of that in the game in week three because we kind of took him out of the game. He was just catching screen passes from then on. Um, yep. About those long drives you were talking about, the common element in all of them is Trevor Lawrence just getting into a groove. Yeah. And man, we need that this game.
0: Mm-hmm. we ever. And, right, so- and what threw it, what threw it off in that in, in the Titans game is that he was finding that groove. And then they tried that weird option reverse play, that Jamal Agnew fumble. And then as soon as that play happened, it seemed like even on the drive where they scored the touchdown, it seemed like the offense just hit a blah point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, it was like it got benign and just, it just come grinding. It was a grinding down thing of the offense. Even at like, even after they scored that touchdown, it was just like that whole play threw it all off because yeah. you think if, if, if they hit that play, that's a touchdown because there was nobody that was going to tackle Jamal going the other way. And then if yeah that touchdown to uh zay jones this the whole the whole titans game would have been a completely different game it would have been jaguars would have won going away but we let but we let tennessee stay in the game and that's what they can't do against the chargers they can't do it where yeah they can't do it where they keep them in they they keep them and they give them hope you have to go and if they're going to score you're going to score so you have
1: Yeah, that's a really good, I'm glad you brought that up. It's like we were playing the Titans kind of game. And I got to tell you, if that game proved anything, it was that time of possession is the most worthless statistic in football. And Uh if the the game against the Chargers proved anything, it's that game script is everything. If you Uh can get out on top, you can control the tempo and the
0: mood of the, and, and all the momentum. Because the one thing we know, we knew about the Titans, they were going to go in they were going to try to muck it up as much as possible. That is exactly what they were going to try to do. This game is go in and muck it up. And that's what they did. Mucked it up. They threw to the tight ends. They got these little quick passes off because we know Dobbs can't throw more than 30 yards in the air. Anyway, because he has no arm strength whatsoever, he's just smart. He knows yeah. not to make mistakes, and then he ended up making mistakes because we made him get into them. So it was it, it was they tried to muck it up as much as humanly possible. When you give Derrick Henry thirty carries and he gets a hundred yards, and you hold him to three yards a carry, you've done something well. It's and very that's when. Impressive. Yeah. And th- th- dude, the the front four of the Jaguars played their best game that I've seen them this year. Yep. Their front four, the front four the front four was amazing. And they Before they I get into um the oh go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Oh no, go ahead. You're good. No, nah, I was gonna try to hold off on some of the defensive analysis. Um hold that thought because I there's gonna be more about the defense. Um but the other thing the Titans were trying to do Were minimize plays They wanted the play count low The Jaguars barely got a third drive In the first half And oh, yeah. if, there's any, if there's one particular reason Why Trevor Lawrence didn't get into
0: a groove It's, it's that he, Because we didn't have he, have enough time, yeah. he needs Yeah, he needs those plays and, he, it, we, we, and I even said it while I was at the game I was like, damn I was like, we had One drive in the first quarter And that was it I was like, we have to take, like I said, when we take advantage and we go on a long scoring drive, that groove start getting hit. Because we go on, we go on one scoring drive and then it opens up the floodgates for the other ones. Then we go another one. Then we go and we did it against Dallas. One long scoring drive or like we took a minute for one scoring drive. And then after that, the floodgates open. And then, boom, we were hitting play after play after play after play after play on Dallas, and we got back into the game. But he it's like Trevor needs that one thing to set him off. And it, once he's set off, he just goes. And he goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. It's like I always said, and you saw me post this, like I always said, a young quarterback, if you get him in a rhythm – and you get him to play with a little tempo, it gets himself out of his own head. Totally. It makes it to where where the decision-making is quicker, it's precise, you give him a couple of reads, and then he goes with it. It's always always helpful. Yep. Oh, after that Zay Jones throw, he was playing tight. For sure. Exactly. He threw that one and then he, and then it gets in his head like, oh shit, here I go again. I'm throwing in the end zone in the triple coverage. And I don't want to want, I I don't want to do what I did earlier in the season where everybody bitched at me for throwing an interception. Yep. And he, but, but if, but if he, if he gets in that early rhythm with the crossers and hitting his guys, the boy has the arm to make every single throw on the football field. Like there's 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 no throw he cannot make. Both of the quarterbacks we got in this game can make every single throw you ask them to make. It's just yep. gonna be who can get in that rhythm and who's not gonna make that mistake.
1: Yep. These are two pretty good offenses and it bears out in the numbers. So the Jaguars Points per game, they're tenth. The the Chargers are thirteenth. If you look at a per play basis, uh, it's even better. The Jaguars are ninth, and the Chargers are actually twentieth in in terms of uh, uh, yards per play, anyways. Um, And uh, this the reason one of the reasons I think this is going to be a shootout is because the defenses aren't really that great. So I'm going to throw a stat at you. I'm going to let you react to it. The Chargers have um, played five playoff teams. So I'm going to use the scores from those games. Chargers allowed 27 points, 38 points. That was to the Jaguars, 37, 22, and 30. Now the Jaguars kind of have a similar thing going on. Allowed 29 to the Eagles, 23 to the Giants. 27 to the Chiefs, 27 to the Ravens, and 34 to the Cowboys. But, however, they were close in all those games, and they beat the Ravens and Cowboys uh, near the end of the season. What do you think about that?
0: It's just like these – like everybody talked about the points per game and all this stuff. I'm like, look, man, the Jaguars played teams to where they shut them out. Like in Houston and, and – Indianapolis and stuff and these guys didn't score that many points I was like so the numbers of course are going to be skewed where I focused in was look here all these guys that they played that they played tough the defense did what the defense needed to do and that was make timely plays they made timely plays and they made it and they made they got turnovers they might have allowed you to score points, but they got the turnovers, and they still got the ball back to the offense that was able to make these plays. Really, San? Or there, I go call them San Diego again. They should just move the frick back to San Diego, so I can start saying San Diego again. No, they they'll just move need to right move. when you get used to it. Move. They just need to move back. But you don't see. You didn't see the Chargers' defense making timely turnovers and all that stuff because the jaguars turnover ratio is what's gotten me. Their turnover ratio has been outstanding over that over this five-game winning streak. And the thing is the Jaguars are coming in are coming in now their offense got cooking there for the thirsty games and now the defense has taken over and they they they've rode away now they're learning they're doing something that we said earlier in the year they needed to do and that was learn how to win football games and now the jaguars have learned how to win football games not only with their offense but with their defense. Guys on defense that we thought were just completely missing have all of a sudden turned up. Now they're getting – now the what the defensive coordinator is actually doing, using guys to their strength, using guys to where they're best to be playing. The greatest thing that happened to this team was Shaq Griffin going down. Huh. Shaq Griffin going down. Allowed Williams to go to his natural position and play the outside. Since that has happened, they have played completely different. And what he has done more of is on Walker more inside on some plays. Allowed Arden Key to get on the edge instead of playing inside, moving Walker to the inside and rushing guys. I don't know, with their hands on the ground instead of standing up where they're more comfortable in playing. And we've seen the progression come about because they have gotten more comfortable in this scheme because they're playing them in their positions that they're actually made to be playing.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: And uh, th- they might have even taken it to another
1: level when they started playing four men on the line. A five in that
0: Titans game. They were, they, the one big, the one game that I always looked at and I was like, okay, when you're, they, they started playing these, all then all the safeties they had, Dewey was on the field. Cisco was on the field. Jenkins was on the field. They had the three safety look in and they were coming up and they were picking one safety. Now they're using Jenkins a lot like this. They're going, look, you see ball, go get ball. Like you're not playing in a position where you're going to be guarding anybody or you're going to be doing this or this. Your job is to see ball get ball and sit and doing it who those guys when they come into the game that's what they're doing, and they become faster and more aggressive because they got a guy who's just going after the ball and it, it, it I'm like I'm like good now you got him doing it, and then you got Foyer. of in the NFL and tackles again, and he's automatically see ball, get ball.
1: (laughs) That really helps Cisco too. Most of all, I think
0: Cisco has been able to just Cisco has been able to do what he does best. Cisco's a ball Hawk. Cisco is the guy that likes to sit back there, go and hit people and then go after the ball when it's in the air. That's what he likes to do. Rashawn is the guy who likes to come up and whack people. Because if you notice, he's always near the line of scrimmage and he's always coming up to hit somebody. Yeah. And that's that's where they started changing. They didn't go to this too deep safety and keep two of them back. They're letting one just go nuts. Just just go crazy. Even when they had – I think when, when Jenkins went – or somebody went down and they brought Dewey in, that's when it completely changed. That's when they were like, okay, Dewey, we know – your strength is not guarding people or playing in coverage. Your strength is see ball, get ball. And they started using him that way. And then when the other guy come back, they were like, okay, we're going to use you this way as well. So everything started to change and they started to play guys to their strengths. And once they started to play guys, to their strengths, we started to see these turnovers come, started happening. And then guys were playing with their hands, hands. on the ground. And we started playing with four friggin' friggin' down linemen instead of this three, four stuff that they were playing. And then it started to look like the defense is catching their groove, and now we see that they're in it.
1: Yep. So you mentioned Austin Eckler as a big concern. How is that setup going to work in defending Eckler?
0: Well, if they if they come out, I don't think they're going to use the three safety look because that look has made for teams like Tennessee, and uh, they did it against Baltimore and guys that are running. We're going to see more of the off or more of the defense come out and look like the way that it looked against Dallas, especially when Tony Pollard entered the game. They actually did a good job against Pollard and didn't let him get going in the passing game where he really succeeds. So I kind of see him doing that similar look that they kind of did against Dallas where they let the guys come in and roam, but you have to have that guy that has his eye on Eckler the whole entire time because Austin is going to be, he's one of them slippery guys. So he just, he line him out wide. You just got to make sure that you have your eyes and your P's and Q's on him and don't overextend yourself on him. You have to play him. You have to play him that you did Pollard in that Dallas game.
1: Yeah, that's a very apt comparison. Now, in that game, too, they had CeeDee Lamb burning us to a crisp. I don't think the Chargers, all due respect to Keen, Keenan Allen, because, and Keenan Allen played great last week, too. Keenan Allen is not CeeDee Lamb. No. Nope. Um, they're two different kinds of people, and I'm not
0: sure that Keenan Allen can burn us the way CeeDee Lamb did. No, they're different. They're a different type of receiver. They're a different type of receiver. The Chargers are big. The Chargers receivers are big guys. Mike Williams is big. Allen's big too. So don't get don't don't get it twisted. These these guys are big receivers. But we're built to handle. We're built more now with Williams on the outside to handle big receivers than we were before. Because Campbell, we know can handle it. Handle whatever they throw at him. Yeah. And Herndon's yep. not gonna be guard. Herndon's not gonna be guarding the other guy like he was guarding C. D. Lamb during the game. Because they're not going there. So, <laughs> we were watching that Dallas game going, okay, somebody tell freaking Campbell to start following C D Lamb around. <laughs> and then once they started figuring out Campbell following him around, and he kind of limited him. So we're yep. we they're they're not gonna come out and do that in this game because they're just bigger receivers. Their main thing is going to be watch the middle of the field and try not to get them crossed. The thing was, if you look at last week's game, the Broncos were just doing whatever they wanted to to the starters of the Chargers. They were doing what whatever they wanted to. And Russell Wilson has been terrible this year and he came out and looked like Russell Wilson finally against the Chargers. It's unbelievable. Uh, Vincent I was, Russell. I was like, where the hell were you? All year long. And I know Cortez was yelling that. Where the hell were you all year long? <laughs> but I told no. Cortez, I told Cortez when the season started, you hired Nate Hackett. That was the stupidest freaking thing you could have done. Absolutely. I said, Seriously. I said, first off, I want to thank you for hiring him <laughs> because you, Kept his ass from coming back here and interviewing. So thank y'all for hiring him. But that was a stupid ass hire. Oh, by the way, I heard, I think I
1: heard this from T-Wig, that there some disappointed people in the Jaguars front office that they couldn't interview Hackett.
0: <laughs> they shouldn't be disappointed at all whatsoever, no more. Yep. You oh, absolutely, wow. incredibly made the right hire. Yep. <laughs> I know <laughs> how we all... We all wanted Byron. like most people wanted Byron, and I think I Byron would have done well here. but for yeah. what we needed, Doug Peterson is a godsend for what this team needed and what he has brought to the table. And the best thing about and the best thing about Doug Peterson was he brought a lot of former players with him that have gave their wisdom and have gained their knowledge of actually playing the game to help some of these younger guys that we've got on this team. And you can see it as the year wore on that they were rubbing off on these guys. Yep. Yep.
1: Oh, I want to get back to uh, something you were talking about with uh, Tyson Campbell Mm -hmm. potentially shadowing like a Keenan Allen Um, in week three against the chargers. You'll note that Mike Williams Had pretty low amount of yards. But the catch that he did have, one was for a touchdown. And it was because of some stuff that, while Tyson Campbell is dramatically improved, still has problems with ball skills. And Mike Williams caught that touchdown because Tyson Campbell couldn't get his head around and see where the ball was. If somebody's going to take advantage of that, I think Keenan Allen is the type of person that could.
0: But, like, and like you said during it, Keenan can take advantage of it But like you said From week three to now Tyson Campbell Has become one of the best Cornerbacks in the NFL And nobody talks about him Because of course he plays in Jacksonville And of course They don't throw the ball at him a lot Because every time they throw the ball at him I think he has like a 26% Completion rate against him right now he has, become, he has become one of the elite corners in the NFL, but nobody talks about him because, of course, he plays in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, one of the interesting dynamics you see is Tyson Campbell literally limits yards um, based on the way he covers. What doesn't help or hasn't helped so, somewhat this season is people just throw away from him, and they'll get yards yep. that way. Yep.
0: And then- it is now they're trying to throw away from him, and you actually got a good corner now on the outside in Williams, who over the past few games has has like a thirty percent completion percentage against him. The only guy people are hitting pass plays against is Trey Herndon, <laughs> yep. because they're going they're going at their slot receivers. Yep, you got it. All right. Which in Atwell, which in Atwell, they do have a good slot receiver for, for San Diego. See, I called him San Diego again for freaking LA. <laughs> All right. This is a
1: long time tradition. Who is the X factor in this game for you?
0: The X factor in me Who was the X factor in that Tennessee Titan game. It's Jamal Agnew going to be jamal agnew and the return game and his special teams play and the touches he gets on offense that guy once he gets in his head that he's going to return him he goes and i think this is that game to where he breaks that big long one and it actually doesn't for a holding or something like that and he actually scores a touchdown this time
1: wow That, 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 wow. I did not see that X factor coming. I thought thought you were going another direction.
0: My second one, because there's two, my second one is going to be Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram has played out. When they signed Evan at the beginning of the year, I said, that's going to be one of their best signings. I said, they're bringing him in on a prove it deal. Evan Ingram hasn't had nobody to throwing the ball in New York as well as Daniel Jones has played this year, he didn't play that way when he had Evan. And now he has somebody that's getting him the ball. And more importantly, he has a coach that knows how to get him the ball. And Evan Ingram has played outstanding this year. And this is one of those games to where I think he's going to have another big one.
1: All right. I'm going to keep an eye out for it. Now, Jamal Anderson on the injury report, as limited today, that were you,
0: with a shoulder? Nah, because he's been that way for, I think, the last... He's been on the injury report. It's like Trevor with his toe. (laughs) Which has been five weeks going. It's hilarious. Exactly. And and the funny part is people on Twitter that are in the national media, Trevor Lawrence is questionable. No shit. He's been that way for freaking five weeks in a row now. (laughs) This is the playoffs. They're playing exactly they're, these guys, no matter what. It was like the Tennessee guys that all of them were questionable. And I was like, they're playing no matter what. I don't care if they got to get out there and saw their all leg off, they're going to go. Yeah. That's game, they got all off season to, to rest it.
1: Yeah, it's for that reason. I think Joey Bosa is going to play. Uh, I don't, I genuinely don't know if Mike Williams will play, he might try. I don't know if he's going to be effective at all.
0: Back spasms are bad. Like, it, 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 as soon as one cramps up, you're done. Like, you're like, it, it's no, I, I that's going to be one of those sketchy ones. I think he goes out there, he gives it a big shot, but if somebody nails him right in the back or something happens and he tweaks it, yeah, he's going to be right back on the sideline.
1: All right, I'm going to give my X factor for the game, and this one might surprise you too, I think it's Devin Lloyd. Devin so Lloyd, Lloyd has not been playing very well. But you no. do remember it in, in early in the season, it was like every game he got a turnover or a sack of some kind and made an impact on the game. And it's been worrisome how he's been playing lately. Cause he's an old rookie. You know, if he can't, yeah. if he can't figure out stuff, uh, the ceiling is kind of lower than usual. However, I think they were playing him closer to the line of scrimmage during the Titans game. I wonder if you saw the same things. I think that's a great role for him to cause havoc. And if he does cause havoc, stealing possessions, getting turnovers, that's the name of this game, I think. He,
0: Devin Devin is one of those guys that got played out of position at times. Devin's, Devin's way of playing in was, let me go. He was one of those guys that, just let me go and do stuff. Just let me go and make plays. Let me go see ball, get ball. He was, was one of those up. guys. He was almost, he's almost a safety play in the linebacker position, if you know what I mean, the way he processes things and watches the field. He's almost like a safety play in there. And they got him, he, he's more, he's a hes 4-3 a linebacker, and you got him playing in the 3-4. Where muma he comes in, he's see ball, get ball. And there's a reason why they had all these guys on the field for for this last game is because it was a a run oriented offense, same way they did against Baltimore. They had these guys in there. He's going to be criticism. He played well against San Diego. There I go again. He played the charge. I'm just calling them the freaking Chargers from now on. He played well against them the first go around. So now they need to get him back into that style of. During earlier in the season, when he was making all these plays, I think he had one bad game, and it got in his head, and then it just snowballed from there. And then their yeah. confidence, their confidence in him waned. And then when back into the game, he started feeling it, and he started doing a little better. And now, as as the season has ended during this streak, both of the guys have got out there. Both of the both. Backers have been playing well. So this, it really, really the guy we got to look out for is Walker's got to make some big plays in the running game like he's been making, but we need him to rush the passer some more and get Josh Allen going again like he's been going.
1: Yep, that's right. And it's no coincidence when we started playing four down linemen, Lloyd showed up, was a better fit. Yep.
0: All right. Walker, so, yeah. Walker started. Walker started playing out of his mind when they started putting his hand on the ground. Like when his hand got put on the ground, he started hit. Uh-huh. You try running his way, you're not running the football. Derrick Henry found that out. You could try to stiff arm him. He was getting blocked, getting stiff arm and still tackled Derrick Henry with one arm. That's how strong that man is. I love it. I love it. All right. Any other thoughts on this game? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm right now it's Wednesday. I'm in the mood to where it's like, okay, get these damn days over with so I can get to Saturday and I can get ready to get all my crap together and get down to the game because it was just like last, it was just like last Saturday where I was freaking all week long. I'm just like, get to Saturday, get to Saturday, get to Saturday, get to Saturday. (laughs) You want to go over the other games? Real quick. Oh, yeah. We can we can we can clearly go over all the rest of the games.
1: That's all right. easy. Well the, the the first one on Saturday would be the Seahawks versus the Niners. <laughs>
0: the Seahawks be thankful you got. Don't be thankful that you have to play the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. Because right now, right teams in in going into the playoffs, and the 49ers are probably the hottest in going into these playoffs
1: yep now now i would say uh the seattle hasn't really played that that strong of a schedule and they haven't done very well against stronger opponents the the niners are getting 10 points in
0: this that's a lot of points, but I, th- I, I think I think they cover, even though Pete Carroll has a, done a remarkable job, all things on what went on in the offseason over in Seattle with guys wanting to leave, Russell leaving, you didn't know about uh DK Metcalf, what was going on there. um it's just it's been it's been a crazy season and Pete Carroll has proved that he's a really good coach. Yeah. And but and Geno Smith has set Geno Smith actually set Seattle Seahawks records this year with the way he was playing. And that, that's crazy to think he set records and Russell Wilson was just there.
1: I gotta discount and, that a little bit because he had one
0: extra game than the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, but he still he still set records. That's true. He yeah, he's he, he still set them. And you're talking about Geno Smith. Still yeah. setting, yeah. We're not talking about n- nobody out. We're talking about Geno Smith. He set the records, and that, that yep. just goes to show that how, how good they have done. Struggled when they play when they play some of these better teams. I think San Francisco is just they're playing they're playing some of the best ball of any team going into the playoffs right now. I don't. I think they take care of it pretty handily.
1: I think they they do too. But there's one. I wouldn't even say concern. One thing I'm going to watch out for, these are two of the slowest teams in the NFL. They run the fewest plays in the NFL. Um, And usually when you don't have that many plays, weird things can happen. And when you have fewer plays, you maximize the impact of those weird things. That's why I'm saying the 49ers might not cover in this game, but I do think they'll win.
0: Yeah, and and 49ers defense has just been outstanding like they've been they've been lights out over over this whole year really but pretty uh the friggin mr irrelevant coming out of the no he has for the 49ers it, the 49ers the 49ers did their thing when they went and got christian mccaffrey yeah and They as soon as they got him that's when everything took off so we're both in agreement we say the 49ers yeah, win this one pretty pretty. Early. Yeah,
1: Purdy's balling. The the 49ers might put it away early. Hard to say. Yeah, but we both like the Niners. All right. So now we got Sunday.
0: We got the Dolphins and Buffalo. <laughs> See you later, Dolphins. <laughs> even if even if you with everything that's been going on for Buffalo, and pretty much this guy's gonna be at the game. Like Damar is going to be at the game. He got released from the hospital. He's going to be there Sunday. Dolphins, I wish you will you were the sacrificial lamb.
1: <laughs> yep, that's pretty fair. Now, here's the here's the line in Vegas. The
0: Bills are getting 10 and a half. Give me all of them. Yep. I will take All of them, because you can only throw a certain amount of little wide receiver screens at Tyreek Hill for they figure that shit out.
1: (laughs) Yep. Now, you mentioned the Hamlin effect. I totally agree. They are going to be absolutely pumped to see him in person. Yep. He is going to be there. He'll be there. Yep. and, And the other thing, the reason why I think they might actually cover that big number is I have no idea if two is going to play. He's not. He's out. Yeah, he's What's out. Yep, yeah, he's that. out. I so he on the on today's practice, he was limited. So,
0: no, he, so they sure. said he they said he's out because he's still in good, uh, concussion protocol. He's not even going to play. So okay. they're playing they're playing that guy again. <laughs> Okay, I got it confused with uh,
1: Bridgewater. It's Bridgewater mm-hmm. that was limited. You're right. Two is yeah, Bridgewater.
0: Yeah, Bridgewater's not even. Bridgewater probably is not even playing either. So they're going to that other guy again. Skyler Thompson, and Skyler is going to get his ass whooped. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with that. Uh, even if
0: even ours? if Miami even if Miami was full strength, I still think Buffalo throttles Yep.
1: Yep. Shall we move on? Oh, yes. All right. (laughs) Next game will be the Giants in Minnesota.
0: The, The one to where I can sniff the upset. Okay. Like, the one game where I'm like, the Giants can beat them. Because I just have never, ever, ever Ever been sold on the Minnesota Vikings? Like, ever. And why is that? Kirk Cousins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. So, I, if you, I just if
0: you- can't, I don't trust him at all whatsoever in a game where you're on national TV. I agree. I agree. Now, I've got something that's
1: going to tickle your fancy, I think, because, you know, I'm a big analytics person and you are not. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) This is where we disagree. And Kirk Cousins is in the family of quarterbacks like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe a little Derek Carr, where their analytics look great, but in real life, they don't match them at all. And it's usually because they do a lot of stuff that looks good on stats, like throw short of the sticks, but actually loses you football games, make turnovers at the
0: worst time. I totally agree with you on Kirk Cousins. My big thing, my big thing with analytics is I can watch that damn game and I can tell you who's good and who's not because we always go like, Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, we always say the analytics has him. You know what the Garoppolo is? He doesn't do boneheaded shit to lose you football games. He just doesn't make that stupid mistake and he knows he has a good team around him. Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, does 14 stupid mistakes during the course of the game and we i just watch him and go you made the dumb like the packers game the other night you had no business losing to the packers the way you did killed why because you sucked yep. i watched been- you on thanksgiving be absolutely terrible like you were just if someone turns on a light you are like a cockroach; you go and hide.
1: Yeah, yeah. That and look, week two against the Eagles, they got tore up. There are just some games where they just get their ass kicked.
0: Exactly, and that's why you can't pick them in these big moments to do something right. <laughs> right, like they always right. do something to bite themselves. In the ass. Like, they literally can turn around and bite themselves in the ass.
1: I don't think I've ever seen a team with a negative point differential have 13 wins before.
0: Exactly. They had a negative point differential way up there. Like, they were the opposite of what we are. And they have 13 wins. (laughs) That's right. uh, It's just, I... I don't I I have zero trust in them to do anything right when it comes the time to them do something right. Like you have the most denying one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the game of football, yet you don't throw him the ball half the time. Right. And in the games you throw him the ball, guess what? Nobody's seeing them because they're not on TV. When you put it on TV, all of a sudden Kirk Cousins forgets to do shit.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, uh, Vegas is given three points to the Vikings. I'll take the Giants. Yep. Yeah. and funny enough, the Giants are thirteen and four against the spread.
0: The Giants, the Giants are <laughs> sneaky. Like the the key to the Giants has been, guess what? Saquon Barkley staying healthy. Yep, that has been the guy staying healthy. Yeah, and and they uh, they've kind of faded down
1: the stretch, but when Saquon Barkley has a good game, they pop back up.
0: Exactly, and I expect him to have a good game this time.
1: Yep. All right, I agree with you. I, I actually like the Giants. It's, they they almost aren't a dark horse anymore because everybody sees the Vikings for what they are, mainly because they're of that point they're, differential. They're frauds. Yeah, they are. It's just a matter of time. All right. So, the game on Sunday night is the Baltimore Ravens in Cincinnati. And and the bad part is Lamar's not playing. I couldn't believe they would put this game in a primetime spot and not know if Lamar's going to be healthy.
0: Yeah, Lamar's not playing. Lamar, I think is going on with Lamar right now is I don't think he's milking it per se. But I don't think he's in no hurry to come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's doing he's doing that thing to be like, oh, so y'all don't want to pay me? Well, let's see y'all how good y'all are without me. Let's see, see how far I catch t- you. And then we'll talk about my payday. After you see this stuff, so I I don't, I don't think he milk I don't think he's milking it or or cashing it in. I just think he's like, look, dude, I'm not going to hurt myself over this if y'all aren't going to pay me.
1: I agree that that's what's going on, but that's the reason I think there is a shot that Lamar is playing.
0: I, I, I the more the more the week goes on. And the more he hasn't practiced in got what is it now four weeks? Like he in four weeks, like I'm like, you can't run him right back out there. And that he might get hurt again because he's not all the way. If you can't if you can't put Lamar out there and expect him to be Lamar, then you don't put him out there because you don't want to even. You don't want him to go in and then something even worse happened to him that's already happened to him.
1: If uh, Lamar doesn't play, do the Ravens have a shot? No. Because they can't keep up. I, I
0: they, am they,
1: not sure that Vegas
0: agrees with you.
1: But they the Bengals are getting six and a half points.
0: They, they can't keep up with the Bengals if Lamar doesn't play. Like Lamar, what Lamar does is Lamar will be able to grind and they'll be able to do what Tennessee wanted to do against Jacksonville. They'll be able to muck it up. And the only way they gonna be able to muck it yep. up is with Lamar there because the other guy don't put any, don't put the fear in you of being able to throw a ball down the field to anybody. Like they, they, they might as well run the army Navy air force offense. <laughs> and I try think, to look, the bagels, and, yeah yeah i think you're right go ahead no no they just they have to muck it up if they muck it up but you muck it up with lamar is different than mucking it up with yeah but
1: if so when they do that read that that read option and lamar is let's say Lamar's playing Lamar sticks that ball right into the belly. I think the Bengals are going to have that edge defender key on the running back until Lamar proves that he can take the ball and run. And when oh, they yeah. do that, they'll play different. But, but if Lamar were to play hurt and he actually
0: can't do that, they're toast. Exactly. They, it, you, you do not walk him out there unless he can be him. If he can't be him, 100% be him, then you don't even put him out there. Especially if in the back of your mind you're going to paint, you don't do that to the your franchise. And you, it, you can't you can't justifiably do that to your franchise.
1: I agree with you. Is it possible that they would play Lamar just as a straight up passer and occasional scrambler because you know Mark Andrews disappears without him?
0: I don't think he can. I just i i don't think they can run him out there and chance that something bad happens to him, because Cincinnati's Cincinnati's got some pass rushers, yeah, and they can get after you. So you don't you don't put him out there if he can't if he can't protect and do what he normally does. You do not put him out there at all, yep.
1: whatsoever. Yep, I agree. The Ravens have a good defense of their own now, and it, and if if the rate because the Ravens are going to muck it up with Tyler Huntley or, or oh whoever yeah else, right well yeah. If, if the ball bounces weird I guess the Ravens could win but yeah I think you're right I'm right there with but that you.
0: ball that ball have to bounce really weird <laughs> it
1: would it would all right well the 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 Monday night game
0: it is weird for a playoff game to be on Monday night too yeah um, it's Martin Luther King it, it, from what I heard the reason they did it is because it's Martin Luther King's uh. It's Martin Luther King Day, so everybody's all
1: for it. it. Yeah,
0: you got it. So they're they're trying to take advantage, even though all of Tampa's not off on Tuesday. So (laughs) it, 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 It still doesn't make no sense to why they did it on Monday night. I guess because they shorted Monday night football one game. Like they didn't have one this past weekend. So they are trying to give them one back in a playoff game. So that, that that's the only thing I could I can make sense of. But I can
1: tell you Tampa Bay, they everybody in Tampa Bay will be calling off Tuesday.
0: Oh, it's an intriguing game. Yeah. Yeah, all the Cowboy fans will probably be calling off Tuesday in Tampa Bay because that's probably <laughs> going to be the majority of the people that are going to be there. <laughs>
1: that's pretty fair. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the, the Cowboys are getting three points in this game. It's it
0: it's another one of those games. Tampa it's old, like everywhere, Tampa is old, like old, like quarterback, definitely old, running back, old and annoying uh they're, they're, they're old like they they got some young guys, but they're just old and beat up. The bad thing is, you do not have a clue what that Prescott will show up.
1: Yep, The
0: biggest concern or anything in this game, Prescott, their player, that guy right there is who all the focus is on because Brady's going to do Brady S things, even though he's been mediocre this year, he still does that crap at the end of the game where they win. And he does something to help them win, even though their record was no better than the Jaguars.
1: Uh, It was worse than the Jaguars. And by the way, the the Buccaneers have the lowest point differential in their division and still won the division minus 45. Because that
0: division was worse than our division.
1: Yeah, we're going to play them next year
0: too. Oh, yeah, we get that whole division. Bad part is we got to play Buffalo, Kansas City, and the 49ers. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Well, yeah. okay, so but, these
1: two teams right here, these are some very conservative teams. Um, they, they're very risk adverse. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very slow game. And because of what you said about Brady, if the Cowboys mess around and let the Bucks hang around, I think you're going to see Brady do exactly that.
0: Exactly. They have to, Dallas has to get after him early and often. They have to, they have to go at him and make him incredibly uncomfortable and rely on their running backs to just completely go at Tampa to limit the amount of times that you have to worry about Dak doing something stupid.
1: Well, I I think they should really get aggressive in the passing game and really try to blow the Buccaneers out. I'm gonna be honest because
0: we know they can sit on the lead. Oh yeah, they get it, but they have they have one of the best running backs in the league as their second string running back. Yeah, where he can catch the ball, run the ball, he can do everything. Get him the ball as much as humanly possible against Tampa Bay and you'll wear Tampa Bay out because they don't not nobody that can keep up with him. If you run him on those little, those little wheel routes and something like that, them linebackers for Tampa cannot keep up with Powler. You get him the ball as much as humanly possible. You will win this game easily because I don't think Tampa, I don't think Tampa will be able to keep up. Tampa's going to look, Tom's going to look to Mike Evans a lot. But Dallas's defense is good. They're going to do all right against Mike Evans, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, Dallas's defense is good. Don't let some of these games that have happened fool you. We just made them look stupid on much of the place because of how the schemes that Doug Peterson was running. Jacksonville made them look stupid. And we took advantage of one guy being injured, and we went after their scrub. Because we figured out to go after their scrub. Mind you, that scrub probably won't be playing much against Tampa because we know Tom will take advantage of it. But they just, they have to, they have to go at Tampa full force, get Get the lead lead. and then sit and then make, make Tampa do something. Just make Make them, make them get uncomfortable and make them do something because your defense can go after them.
1: Well, I've got a I've got a stat that I'd like you to consider. Now, the the Cowboys seem to have splits in terms of playing on turf or playing on grass. And you know that AT and T Stadium has a turf field.
0: Yeah, they hate the Cowboys, playing on
1: grass. The
0: Cowboys are one in four on grass, yeah. and they're playing on grass in Tampa. Tony Dungy said he's going to tell the guy in Tampa to grow it out some more. Yeah, I heard that on
1: Football Night in America. That was a brilliant. I mean, uh, hey, that's Tony Dungy, right? Yep.
0: He was like, he was like, if I was the coach, I'd tell him, hey, grow the grass out a little more.
1: <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Well, I, that
0: wraps up all the playoff games on
1: Wild Card Weekend. Do you have a prediction for who is going to win uh, Jags versus Chargers?
0: Oh, man. Here's the thing. And I do this every time. I don't pick it. Like, I'm not going to pick that I am this heavily invested in. Like, it's I've done it all the time. I haven't done it in a playoff game in a while because we haven't been since 2017. But I didn't pick none of our games then, and I'm not going to do it this year either. I'm just going to say that this is going to be a good game. I'm going to be there. I'm taking Austin. Austin is one and oh in playoff games. That's all I'm love saying. It. I love it. Then
1: I want Austin to be there. I want him to have yeah. a good time.
0: Austin went, I- Austin went to the Buffalo game. He's he's one and oh, 1-0, he's one and oh watching playoff games. So that's a, great, that's a
1: great lucky token right there. I tell you what. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna join you. I, I'm I don't want to jinx this any more than you do. But here's the prediction I will make. Because I, not only was I at that Buffalo game, I was at the week three, week two or three next, the following year against New England. Yeah, and, that um, Yeah, and that and that pass down the left sideline to Keelan Cole, where he caught it and did a somersault. Oh yeah, there, Cole. Yeah. Yep, that particular play was the loudest I ever heard. Uh, first of all, the jag the. the in Jacksonville, but also the loudest, any stadium besides the Jarvis Moss block. Oh, God. South the Cock Block. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I have a feeling that that moment is going to happen during this game. And, and these Jaguars fans, they're, they're so tense that they don't know whether to sell out for this team and finally invest. They're f- still afraid
0: of getting hurt. I think and there's, there's a, going to be a moment
1: where this crowd we, is going to. Ruin.
0: We have we have so many scars. I think Donkey said, said it best on on Shrek. I'm a donkey on the edge. That's what most fans are. We're 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 on that edge. Like we want something to push us over one way or another because we've done been pushed one way so many times but it's taken away from us that we want that one thing just to push us over the edge in the right. And, 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 and I just, that that Tennessee game, I haven't felt that way at that Jaguars game in a long time. I think you were about to have a heart attack at one point. I was going to have a stroke at this one. The one I was going to have a heart attack at was the, the Ravens game. Ravens game almost had a heart attack while we were there. Uh, the Cowboys game, I definitely almost had a heart attack because that was right after I got my car accident. And I lost my car, so I was in a bad, bad spot. And after we beat the Dallas Cowboys, I just freaking started crying because that whole weekend was just rough. Like, that was – Holocaust. Dude, that was such a – it was such a rough weekend. And then – they won that game and I just freaking, I just let it loose. And then, and in this game, I was a nervous wreck. Then we get that one and then we're running and then we win. And then at the end of the game, I'm still at the stadium. I'm just sitting there. Austin calls me while we're there and he's a little teared up and he goes, we did it. And then when he started and we did it, then I started tearing up. It was like uh, it was like that Simpsons episode where Homer goes, and then she cried, and then I cried, and then the baby laughed. And I was like, "That, that that's what my life has been these past this past month. It's been like one big gigantic roller coaster." So yep. the, the Jaguars have actually helped mellow me a little bit and helped me be able to get a lot of emotions out because people don't that's realize people don't realize sports those things to where no matter if you're white, black, Asian, anything, no matter what you are, if you see somebody wearing the same stuff that you are, putting the you are into and putting the same love that you have into this it brings you together. Sports is one of those things that no matter your differences, it brings you together. Like the love that you have that everybody has for this one specific thing just brings you together. And I always tell people after 9-11, the one big gigantic thing that brought America back together was sports that was the one thing that everybody huddled back around because that was the thing that made us all passionate and emotional and kind of bring us together. And that's what happens here too. It brings all these people, white, black, everybody, just it brings us all together and it allows you to be free as a certain point with your emotions and how you feel and everything like that, you're enjoying something and you're getting the feeling that something right is happening. And from all your burdens and all the bad crap that's happening to you. It takes you away for those three to four hours that you get to enjoy whatever sport you're watching. And when you're enjoying it with other people, it just gives you the feeling of, you know what? This is where I belong. These are my people. And this is where I feel like I needed to be at this time. No matter how shit your work week was, if your team wins, you feel a thousand times better going into that work week. It's true. Like yeah. if, if, if you win, you feel better. Like your head is higher. Like we wore Jaguar shit for years to where we get laughed at because we're wearing Jaguar stuff. But you know what? We're still wearing it and we still support each other. Who's wearing it. Now we're able to enjoy it. Maybe not with diehard fans anymore because there's a lot of fair weather ones that are running around out there now, but you're able to enjoy the feeling you get that you've been waiting this long to have something go right in this part of your life and now it's going better. But sports is that sports is that thing, man, that can turn, turn your emotions around and help you feel better and just help you forget about the bullshit that's going on in in your life.
1: Yeah. It has a near religious effect on the masses and ability to, to bring people together. Yep. Now I, I, my, My take is slightly different, especially recently when I was watching that Detroit Lions game and Trevor Lawrence got sacked. I mean, it was really ugly, too, by Justin Houston. By the way, I was pissed off at that particular play because Cam Robinson should have been trying to beat his ass right there on the spot for Gator rolling him. Uh, All of the offensive linemen should have been doing that, but that's a whole nother story. At that point, I, I, I caught myself getting so upset that uh, it kind of changed my because I used to be exactly I, I used to feel exactly the same way you do, and I'm wondering if I'm changing that that I felt free to to get upset and to and to truly let go and and feel joy and connect. But man, I I saw that sack. And I'm sitting here trying to play a board game and watch the Jaguars Trying to play a board game with my family at the same time. Right. And I, I go, dude, what am I doing? Like even when Trevor Lawrence came back for that injury, I I was like, man, I can't, I can't get that upset because I think Trevor Lawrence is our only shot or I can't get upset when the Jaguars lose. It's just been a little different since that point. I'm still going Mm -hmm. to enjoy the hell out of it. It's just weird, man.
0: The older, the older I get, the 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 more losses don't upset me as much. Like the older I've got, the it's just like, oh, okay, we lost. There, there you go. It's being a fan of Jaguars, I got used to it. But, but used to. Used to, this was my thing. If the Gators lost, you better not fucking talk to me for (laughs) how long? Because I am not going to be okay until they win another ball game. (laughs) Like, just do not talk to me. Now it's like, okay, they lost. I'm done. I get that. It's like I I told you on Twitter. I get that hour to where I get all this shit out and then I'm done. Like we know some people that will go on for the whole fucking week and be miserable. And I let it go, man. I was like, it doesn't do nothing except get on your nerves and ruin your week. If you let the thing keep get bothering you, let it go. You enjoy the wins, but you don't let the losses bother you like they used to. And that's what happened with me. The older I got, the less I let losing bother me because there's nothing I can do about it. I didn't play. Like there's, I can do about it. The one thing I can do is enjoy like, the winning. I don't have to be annoyed by the losing because it happens. The winning doesn't happen a lot.
1: That's for sure.
0: <laughs> to be happy when you're winning. Because you never know when it's going to get taken away again.
1: (laughs) Yep. And you make a very good point, dude. If it wasn't for sports, I wouldn't have met you. Exactly. Sports is
0: sports joins people that love one another. Like, look here. Here's a perfect example all the people that tell, all of them. You know, half them people wouldn't have known each other if it wasn't for the Jaguars, and if it wasn't for that spot. People wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for this team, and if it wasn't for sports. People wouldn't know each other. I wouldn't know half the people that I know if I wasn't wearing a jersey and somebody come up to me and talk to me about it. Like, I wouldn't. Sports is is a joining thing that makes you make lifelong friends. Like sports just has that effect. And in sports, you talk about sports, then you talk about life, then you talk about, then you become friends outside of just the sport. But sports is a big conduit for people to make lifelong friends. Yep. Well, that's why I, I'm not exactly sure. That's why I like sports.
1: It, well, I can't blame you. I, I mean, I can't quit sports as much as I w- I want to control my emotions and and step away from it. I can't quit it.
0: <laughs> no, no, we can't. It, it, it it's it's a it's a drug, almost sort of kinda. It it's yeah. it's a drug because we need our fix. Like, when football season goes over, what do we automatically do? We automatically count down to the next thing that's happening in football. We're like, shit, the draft's here. Free agency's here. The trade deadline's coming no. up. This shit, that, it, it's like, we automatically just keep going to the next thing. Let's watch basketball. Some of us enjoy basketball. Some of us have got college stuff that's going on. And some of us, like like, you like baseball. And you get invested in your fantasy baseball, even though I couldn't tell you seven people that I would pick in a fantasy baseball draft <laughs> like I, I I don't follow it that way anymore because i i I grew away from it because I started doing basketball on football, and I focus a lot more on it because that they're in my wheelhouse, and I know a lot more about those so when we focus on talking about those it kind of draws me over to them so that's more more of where my wheelhouse is but yeah man it it, it's it's we constantly we constantly have a sport we can go to and watch and that takes us away from our normal sometimes benign, sometimes monotonous life that we have these three or four hours that we can go and do yep Well, and now and now we got Twitter to where we can go and bitch at everything. Yep, <laughs> and and
1: we will. That's actually a pretty good segue. I was about to, um, because I don't know exactly what you're going to release this on, but I was about to plug the the balls in our court podcast. Uh, oh, this will handle- get sent
0: over to Cortez so he can put it on all of our stuff. <laughs>
1: nice. I appreciate Cortez a lot. Cortez is is handling all that tech stuff. You can follow. The balls in our court podcast on Twitter, B-I-O-C podcast. Um, yep. in the mind of CP. That's Cortez Paul's handle. Especially if you want to get to know the Orlando magic pretty intimately. Uh, and and Kevin's yes. handle on Twitter, Kevin C2415.
0: Yep. Yep. That
1: that's what you need to follow right there.
0: If you want to just know random shit, then you can follow me. I just Put out whatever uh, about any times, and I like telling people to calm down this year, especially with Trevor Lawrence, uh, <laughs> in which I was what? right about the the whole yep. entire time. It's, That's right. It's just funny to me, but no, uh, man, I don't know. Uh, uh, we got, dude. We do have to talk about this one thing. Where would you be on Hopkins coming to the Jaguars? Oh, I,
1: I'd be ecstatic, and I and it. I already said this on Twitter. I don't trust Trent balky to have the um, initiative to pull something like that off. It kind of has to fall in his lap. And uh, I heard from an Arizona sports show. One of the hosts said they had multiple sources within more close to the situation, is what he said that said that Hop has two preferences, DeAndre Hopkins, Jaguars, and Chargers. Of and, course. Uh, of course, because of the quarterback situation, right? And I have to think that the Chargers are not going to be able to pull that off uh, like the Jags might be able to. So this might fall into the lap of, of Trent Balky And if they pull the trigger on it, they're signaling that they are a championship contender, bona fide. My thing is,
0: my thing is, if Arizona goes, look, we want a fourth round pick for this guy. Who the hell are you picking in the fourth round that you think is going to be better than Hopkins? There is (laughs) no player how old he is. There is no player you're going to pick in the fourth round that's going to be as good as this guy or can bring anything to this team. What you need to do right now is, while Trevor is on his rookie contract, surround that dude with as much firepower as you can get. You nailed it. You re-sign Ingram. If you can bring him in, which I know it's going to be a long shot, like, this is just one of those pipe dream things. But if you can bring him in, you bring him in. You put him next to Calvin Ridley, and you put him next to Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, you have four guys at the right receiver group alone that scares the shit out of people. Then you add in Ingram, and then you have Jamal Agnew to come in and do whatever play you want to do with him, and you have Danny Tien, you have one of the scariest group of playmakers in the NFL. Yep. Why would you even? And, run you've, the ball got, and, and you've got just pass all the time. And you've got a quarterback on a rookie contract. That's the key. That, you have to take advantage of that. That is the key. Because when Trevor comes due, you're going to have to paint. And if you don't paint, this place will explode on you and go down there and we'll saw the head off that Jaguar statue.
1: Gosh, I start thinking of, like, uh, the greatest show on turf when I think of all those names on the same team.
0: It's it's nuts, man. It is is a – that would be a team full of speed that gives you your wide receiver to go down the field in Ridley that gives you a guy that's going to get all your 50-50 balls in Hopkins, and then you have the ultimate slot receiver in Kirk.
1: They would be so good in the red zone. Calvin Ridley and D Hop are some of the best.
0: And then you got Ingram. Yep. And then you would, you would have ETN to do whatever he's going to do. Oh, man, I'm rooting for it. Now, they, the guys on a rookie contract in Trevor and ETN. There is no reason why you should not be taking advantage of this and do whatever you can do to get them guys.
1: Yep. Now I will I'll say this that same Arizona sports show said it would it would likely take a second. I think the Jaguars will at least initially offer what they offered for Calvin
0: Ridley. Look here. Look here. If we're going to ma- if we make a deep playoff run and that second round pick is at the bottom of the second round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you yeah. sir, can I have another? Like (laughs) heck here. Like you you give it to them. Cause I guarantee you you offer them a third round pick after nobody comes after them, they'll take it.
1: Would you sign? Because it's probably gonna take a new contract to to lure DeAndre Hopkins over. Would you uh would you sign uh two more years to DeAndre Hopkins?
0: Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing whatever it I'm doing whatever it takes to play it all the way up until Trevor's due his contract. I'm taking contracts and I'm making them all the way. it's time for him. And that's what yeah. I'm doing with all of these contracts. I'm restructuring. I'm getting rid of people I don't need. I'm just, I'm getting it ready to when Trevor needs his. He's going to get his.
1: And we've got a team full of players where nobody's had to restructure anything. You don't have tremendous dead cap stuff to worry about. Uh I think Jaguar fans are so used to rebuilding. They're still in that mindset, but they don't understand when you are not rebuilding anymore, you have to go for it.
0: You have to reload. Like now is your, now is are loading the gun up time right yeah. now with a rookie, with a rookie deal for two guys that are on your offense that are very important guys, actually three guys or four guys that are on rookie contracts. When you look at little who, yeah. I'm sorry. He should be your starting left tackle because yes. that is his natural position. When they re-signed Cam, I was like, damn it. He's not going to be able to play right tackle because he's not, that's not where he's that. Walker Little is a left tackle in this league. And he's done a damn good job at left tackle.
1: I hadn't considered and the idea that Cam might be part of that trade package.
0: It it, it it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me it would not surprise me at all especially how Walker little has played last year when he got the time to play and this year when he has played because he has been great like they haven't missed they haven't missed a step with him being in there since since cam has went out and Jawan Taylor has played outstanding this year yep. for being at the beginning of the year we were worried. To now, he he's like, oh, you don't worry about it. Even though I think he freaking false starts almost every single play, he just don't get called for it for some odd reason. <laughs> he's he got better with coaching. He got he got when Doug brought in all these ex players and started coaching these guys up. You man, it's just it it's crazy the turnaround. He's coaching here like he should consideration for coach of the year. Even Tony Dungy said it. Tony Dungy I, said I he was my number one pick. Yeah, I, I,
1: I think Dayball is is ultimately going to win it because, you know, big
0: market. Well, it's uh, New York. Stuff. And he is deserving, too. You got to admit. But, damn, you've taken a team that had the number one pick in the draft two years in a row, and now they're a playoff team. Yeah. We're in like, a week- much better spot than the Giants, too. Oh, Lost God, we're 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 set. We 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 are set to do something that we didn't in 2017, because these guys aren't knuckleheads like a lot of the guys we had in 2017 were. Yep, can't wait, man. How many? days? When, when Saturday? I don't know, but it needs to hurry the fuck up. I can't wait, man. It was it. Dude, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Oh yeah, we talked for. Before, and it don't even seem like it. But yeah, dude, it's it's always fun. You get a chance to sit down and talk or do anything. It's always fun. We need to go get dinner again here pretty soon. And now that I've got a car, we can go wherever we want. So <laughs> you don't have to come up this side of town. Oh, I think I might have lost now but uh for for chris walker this is kevin carter uh stay tuned we're gonna load this on the balls in our court uh podcast site Get over to Cortez, and he can do his stuff um but we will talk to you later thank you for joining us and it was always a jag.